Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. This is episode 469 on Sunday, December 18th, 2022. My name is Jake Jabarelli with my co-host, Blockchain John. How's hey, it going, hey, John? Hey. Good, 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 man. I, uh, I've been busy these last few days. I've actually spent uh, literally a solid 24 hours on ChatGBT, and uh, thanks to it, it um, I was able to move all my core wallets from C to D drive and now things are looking good I, I, it's it's surprising how effective that little uh, tool is you know yeah, exactly. um, yeah what else um yeah that the weather's been frightful as they say in the song <laughs> regarding december weather and uh out here in central california it has been sub-freezing for many days in a row not mm -hmm. during the day but at night and fortunately we don't have any outdoor pipes so nothing's really bursting and they're keeping the pool nice and hot so but I just watched the other day since I live right next to the pool in the community. Some some bros decided to go over and jump in the pool because they saw steam coming off of it. But they didn't realize is the reason the steam's coming off is because the temperature's been keeping just above freezing, so the pool doesn't become an ice block. When they went out to to jump in, there, they're like, ah, it's cold. They're like, yeah, it's not actually warm. It's just warm compared to the air. So <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> funny to watch them jump in the pool and then immediately jump right back out. Well, well these kids over here in my neighborhood, we have a little fountain um at our square and somebody decided these it's the high school kids they do it all the time they dumped uh, a bunch of soap in in the fountain and so the fountain uh -huh. overflooded the whole square and there's so there's like a big old a bubble of, over, yep. yeah <laughs> i've seen it it's funny until it isn't at least it means, means the fountain's clean mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. anyways uh getting onto the news we got as we always have on sunday night this week in crypto Twitter, as well as this week in coins, you want to start us out there with a the Twitter? Sure. Show? This week on crypto Twitter, SBF arrested. Binance withdraws spike. Former president pitches NFTs. Yes, it is true. Just when you thought the torrent of gossip was starting to subside in Cryptoville, this week Crypto Twitter was slammed by a barrage of news that turned it back into its usual self, a festering hive of gossip, hot takes, judgments, and speculation. Two of the three bombshells dropped on Monday, giving people the whole week to chew on them. The first was the arrest of disgraced former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried in the Bahamas. He was charged with conspiracy, wire fraud, money laundering by the Justice Department, and securities violation by the SEC, among others. Predictably, Twitter was all over it. That same day, a leaked email from SBF to the Attorney General of the Bahamas dated from November 10th revealed that the former multi-billionaire claimed he was, quote, cautiously optimistic that FTX will be able to survive the turmoil and have enough liquidity for all customer withdrawals. And there is that email right there. Given the chronologically, chron, chronologically, Chron chronology chronology <laughs> of events we can with the added benefits of hindsight deduce that he was probably definitely 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 oh geez definitely definitely, definitely <laughs> yeah, the lying. emphasis in the wrong Good syllable here dude. <laughs> the official statement from the office of the attorney general of the bahamas following his arrest said it was deemed appropriate for the attorney general to seek sbf's arrest and hold him in custody pursuant to our nation's extradition acts Yikes. <laughs> Maddie Fairchild, a director of marketing for crypto metaverse gaming platform Core Games, highlighted the distinct atmosphere on Twitter that day. And there's a tweet from Maddie. SBF just got arrested. Twitter feels a lot like, did you feel that earthquake in SF right now? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because of his arrest, U.S. Representative Al uh, Ale Alexandria 
uh, Ocasio-Cortez said she was disappointed that SBF would no longer be attending a hearing in D.C. that was scheduled for this week. It should be noted that SBF ducked out of appearing at the hearing earlier Monday, citing concerns that his appearance would cause a, quote, paparazzi effect. Damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't like the limelight, apparently, even though he's been hobnobbing with all the celebrities and, and politicians all this time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, crypto-friendly U.S. Senator Cynthia Loomis called the FTX saga a case of, quote, good old-fashioned fraud. And there's a bunch of tweets well, she there. She sounds her. like she knows a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of tweets from her there. As if all of this wasn't bad enough, SBF also found himself in hot waters in the League of Legends publishers Riot Games. You know the old saying, quote, the higher they rise, the harder they fall. It's definitely not applicable to SBF's gaming skills. And there's a tweet from Kuro. What's up, Binance? The other big talking point this week was Binance's increased infamy. On Monday, Tom Wan, an analyst at crypto investment product firm 21.co, tweeted that a lot of money appeared to be leaving the centralized exchange. Yes, and there was, and there has. Mm -hmm. 24 hours later, the exchange had processed net outflows of well over $2 billion on Monday and Tuesday, the most since June, according to Nansen data. And there's a data chart there from Nansen. On Wednesday, it came to light that CEO Shangpeng CZ Zhao has allegedly told staff he expects the next few months, quote, will be bumpy. The chief remained poker-faced mm -hmm. as outflows were mounting. Yeah, I, I mean, that's tough, man. That's tough to see your your, your, your baby kind of burn from the inside out. Right. Well, the same thing with, with Sam. But, I mean, it's it's like he's the last bastion of hope besides, like, Coinbase or something. One, the one that was still holding out. <laughs> By Saturday, CZ was cautioned followers against FUD. Here's a tweet from CZ. Remember, maximum greed happens at top. Maximum fear happens at bottom. Not financial advice, just stating a fact. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go with Trump. Trump releases blockchain Trump cards. Former U.S. President of 2020 and 2024 presidential candidate Donald Trump announced his first steps into crypto on Thursday with the release of an NFT Trump card collection. Yes, it is true. It's officially here. It, it is us. Or are these allocations a little sus? Uh, a tweet from Unknown. Interesting. Trump NFT admin wallet pre-minted 1,000, which is 2%. But has 25% of 101s and 33% of the autographs go Trump go. And there is the uh, ETH, ETH Ethereum yeah. address. Yeah. And who or what was going on here? Here's a, here's a tweet from uh, FOMO. JFC, someone accepted Franklin's wealth offered of this ape overnight, then immediately processed to acquire 160 Trump trading cards. One over 160. Per card between 0.265 and 13.5 ETH, about $16,000. That's crazy. Perhaps this explains it. Breaking at Real Donald Trump. This is from uh, DJ News on Twitter. Uh, digital trading cards FP suddenly dumped violently from 0.833 ETH to 0.43 ETH. Okay, we're lost again. Another tweet from DJ News. Breaking real Don at real Don Donald Trump. Uh, digital trading cards FP executives V-shaped recovered after dumping from 0.833 ETH to uh, 0.43 ETH. Currently priced at 0.677 ETH. Looks like, like a Trump and dump. Ah, nice. <laughs> Looks like Christmas came early at the Trump house this year. Another tweet from DJ News. 
breaking at real Donald Trump digital trading cards number 1533 sold for 20.24 wow could be that that thing that all the slubs were doing before right actually buying it themselves and then reselling it themselves to make it look like it's worth more than it is you, you know what's crazy is that <laughs> there's there's a there's already a um a a Biden Biden Trump card collection out there <laughs> what? Who, who came up with that? I know. That's what I'm saying. Guess <laughs> it's it's basically doing a little bit of, of life back into big, you know, stupid ETH uh, NFT trading. So yeah, guess that went exactly as everyone expected it would. Absolutely, absolutely shambolic, and more than a little questionable. Guess it runs in the family. Uh huh. And that is it for the this week on Crypto Twitter. It's been it's been a, a shit show to say the least, uh, but that's what Twitter's all about, especially crypto Twitter. So, as far as the coin performance is doing, we this got this article from Sander Lutz on Decrypt this week in coin Bitcoin and Ethereum fall with stocks Dogecoin dives twenty percent. Not that surprising. Down goes the Doge, with Sam Bankman freed, charged, and behind bars. FTX implosion begins to fade ever so slightly into the rearview mirror. This week saw coin prices finally start to act normal. What does that mean? And it that meant just as turbulent as the stock market. Bitcoin and Ethereum moved in lockstep with Wall Street this week, resting on Wednesday in anticipation of a rosy interest rate update from the Federal Reserve following better-than-expected news from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics that, that inflation fell in November to 7.1%. At its high point on Wednesday prior to the Fed's meeting, Bitcoin bounced above 18000 just temporarily, and for the first time since FTX's spectacular collapse in mid-November. The top two cryptocurrencies then crashed immediately after the Fed's announcement that same day the U.S. Central Bank plans to keep raising rates into 2023 to combat inflation. As of Saturday morning, Bitcoin was down 2.6% over the past seven days, while Ethereum fared worse, down 6.5% in that same period. But this week's biggest loser among the top 10 is Doge, down a whopping 20%, which is really not that big when it comes to crypto. Since last weekend, crypto's largest meme coin started off this week on a rough note, shedding about 9% overnight on Monday evening. The rest of the week didn't get any better, as the coin doubled its losses, falling another 11% to $0.07 cents by Saturday, which is really, you know, it was at $0.05 cents about three months ago. Doge spiked in late November off speculation that Elon Musk planned to incorporate it into Twitter as a payment method. This week's news cycle on Twitter dominated was less positive, centering on Musk's banning of several journalists from the social media platform. To win this week appear um, to win this week appeared to take on uh, more than riding the winds of the market forces. Ton, T-O-N, the native token of messaging app on Telegram's decentralized layer one blockchain, the Open Network, T-O-N, urged a whopping 29.8% this week, almost 30% off Telegram's announcement that the users no longer needed SIM cards in to use the app, which is freaking brilliant, honestly. Users can now instead purchase anonymous phone numbers from Telegram with Ton uh, to move the set's privacy-minded app from the competitors like Signal and WhatsApp, which require users to sign in with real mobile numbers. 
You know, uh, um, speaking of ton, I know that they were in litigation a while back, and they actually had to drop the ton token um, because it was considered a security. So to see it back in the news, um, out of the blue, it, I'm kind of surprised. Like, when did it come back? When did it become like, a thing? When they decided to make this policy change, which is which is awesome because I I was really much in favor of it. Mm-hmm. But okay, so you know what I'm talking about then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Moving on to the big yeah. <laughs> news with SNL. Sure. That's uh, <laughs> Trump NFT prices nosedived and soars as SNL skewers them. So if you guys don't know, uh, SNL was yesterday. And, of course, they did a little uh, skit about Trump NFTs. It's – it's uh, I honestly, this is my personal opinion. I think um, Trump's video – by itself is more hilarious than than SNL skit. They should have just played the video itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's, they can't do that, but I can see why. It's mind blowing that. that that this is a reality that uh, we have a president doing NFTs about how cool he is. He is the Superman. He is the astronaut. He's he's been he's been to the moon and back. It's crazy. He wrote it's, a he wrote a Republican elephant that was colored red and blue. Oh, because it's it's about his life and it's times a, yeah, and everything yeah. that he actually did. It's, the one thing what? is, I re- remember him dodging the draft because of bone spurs. And yes, they have a picture of him in an, in an, uh, a Herman's uh, outfit. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, if he's parroting himself, it makes sense. But I just don't see Trump parroting because when the last time people seriously made fun of the man, which would be the um, they called the the dinner. Where the comedians come and it's the uh, the journalism dinner that they have for every year for uh, journalists and and the press the press corps meeting. Trump never attended because he doesn't like being made fun of. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like being roasted. Now he's been roasted in the past. That's definitely true. But I guess what I'm getting at is, uh, despite how ridiculous the videos that Trump made for his his NFTs. Um, it seems like he was being serious. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that the collection spiked in trading volume after it launched on Thursday to 5,548 ETH, or about $6.5 million. Not that he needs that money, but it's there. Um, but he wants anything he can do to get money, else he wouldn't be grifting a lot of people for so long. What would be interesting is if uh, the SEC came back and said, oh, those NFTs are securities. Uh, the, floor pi- the, the floor price started at 0.84 ETH. It was as low as 0.32, like we mentioned earlier. And the floor price peaked at 0.8. That was the highest yeah, it's been it peaked, per. Excuse me. Uh, so it's been as low as 0.32, and its cheapest is now half an ETH. But the thing that's kind of funny is it sold out. Mm-hmm. Well, 45,000. To be expected. The exception of the thousand that Trump I has mean, in his when, one wallet is when, sold out. When you see a, pres- a, a, a presidential candidate coming up and jumping into the cryptoverse, and there's a limited edition. Yes, it's to be expected. I, I wasn't surprised that it sold out. You know, um, and it's only a hundred bucks. You know, you know, a lot of people bought a bunch of those up. The floor was a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks in, in ETH is what, point one or point one two or something. Yeah. The fact is, right now the cheapest is half an ETH, which is six hundred dollars or close to six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the entire project at at the base of six hundred dollars times forty five thousand is like they said, it's like six seven million dollars, which I think it's quite a bit more than that. If I do the calculations really quick, what is what is um 
Japanese times 45,000. Actually, no, because not all of it. You can only buy 44,000 of them. Times 0.5 times, uh, what is that, $600? So 13 million. So the whole collection's worth 13 million right now. Which is a lot more than Trump initially thought it would be. At $100 a piece, it'd be like 4.5 million. So it's up 3x over its original value. So, yeah, it's just the, the thing that is probably most important to say about this is the skeptics on, on Reddit have been saying to stay away, alleging that 1,000 or roughly 2% of the digital trading cards are held by just one wallet, which appears to be receiving all the royalties. Uh-huh. All right, moving on. Moving on to BNB. So, Binance plummets as the auditors, Mazar, halt their work with the crypto firms. It's this international audit company, Mazars. Um, Mazars has indicated that it will temporarily pause their work with the crypto clients, uh, which include Crypto.com, KuCoin, and Binance, and forward with its Merkle Tree-based Proof of Reserves POR pilot. Uh, this meant for Binance that the price dropped like 5% just on Friday alone. Are you Activity. surprised? Are you surprised that, uh, that Mazar did this? It's the proof of, it's the, um, you know, it's the proof of reserves problem. Yeah. Um, well, I'm that's, surprised that's... Mazar's quit is what I'm surprised at. So th- that's what I mentioned before. Uh, I don't know, was it last week or the week before that uh, look, looking into these proof of reserves, all they're presenting is just a nice fluffed up version of their audit. They're not showing everything. And the whole point of proof of reserves is to show everything. But they're saying that, no, this is Binance, including all the big major exchanges out there. Like, no, they're not going to show everything, all the, um, uh, what was it, the all the um, Merkle roots, because that would be a, a security issue if they start showing all that stuff, because you don't want uh, certain clients or any clients to be, to be publicly exposed. You don't want to ex- uh, expose that. So that's why what they ended up doing was just showing, here's the page, this is what we got on the books. It's like, yeah, but... It, uh, the the problem with that is that it, it, this is technically time stamped six months ago or four months ago or one year ago when everything was at, at its peak. There is nothing that is now. And the, what what uh, CZ said is like, you know, it's not that easy to present an audit that is a, a current to this date. This stuff takes a lot of manpower, a lot of hours, and by the time we complete an audit. It's already six months down the road, and what we present is technically outdated. But then that's what the problem is. There needs to be something in real time to show the audit of what, of what these exchanges have now. And I don't know if that's ever going to be possible uh, mm-hmm. if they literally give up uh, all these security features that, that they're doing to protect their customers. Um, and that's that's the concern now. What 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 Where do we go with this? Proof of reserve is And that's thing? the problem with centralized exchanges. Like, yeah. It's like... Of course, people want to trust you, but how do you show trust in a centralized exchange, which is a centralized entity? I mean, what? It's almost like how do I put this exactly? Everybody trusts things like Vanguard or Franklin Templeton or something like that mm-hmm. because of their consistency year over year with their taxes. You can look at their taxes. That's something you can actually do because they're publicly traded. You can look at their performance because they're publicly traded. You can't really look into Binance that way. And it's like, well, how do you know for sure? Can you look on the blockchain and see the actual transactions? Well, if you can, then what are they hiding? Right? So 
you can see what's on the blockchain, then what difference does it make if they're if the reserves are real or 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 I mean they are real because you can see them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just tell us, you know, what uh, show us your your the wallet or wallets that hold your either your cold or your hot wallet information. No one can take money from that. You have it has to be pushed out, right? So. Um, if you just show us what your wallets are, it doesn't have to tell us what your customers' wallets are. It just shows us what your your storage wallets are. Mm-hmm. And we'll know you have the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, but it does come back to the whole idea of, yes, they can show you um, on a sheet of paper, but it's not that easy to just... Uh, to just show everything In real time, up. just print out it's here real it time. is. You know, it, it, it takes a whole team behind the scenes to... Uh, compile all this data and then it's already so far down the road and the problem is that what was presented to uh to was it um i was gonna say bizarre not bizarre it was uh mazars 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 was was an uh, was a uh, proof of reserve audit from months ago well months ago is a whole generation ago like it's it's so far when it comes to crypto time that that's what that's where they really backed out like you know what this this is not working for us you know, we see that we see the crypto market going down uh, day after day, and what you presented to us was something from months ago. Like, no, that's not acceptable. So we're we're backing out, and that that's not just Binance. That's that's every every uh, crypto exchange that they're that they're dealing with. Everybody's presenting the same uh, general paper. Which in in these ex- exchanges heads, like the way they're thinking, like this is technically it's acceptable. It's fine. We as long as we present an annual paper or a quarterly paper or bi biannually paper. You know, audit. Um, there shouldn't be any issues, but the crypto market fluctuates drastically day after day, week after week, month after month. So when you when you're a a client or a customer or an investor, and you're handed a paper or or an audit months ago, that's a big concern. Knowing that FTX collapsed just uh, you know in in 48 hours, you want something that's in real time, and that's where the big problem is with this. Is it going to happen? We don't. I don't know exactly. Exactly. Well, anyways, moving on to more of the Fed. And according to Cointelegraph, here, Braden Lindry, all the way I can read the article, U.S. Senate banking chair floats the possibility of banning crypto. Yeah, that's it's floating, right? It's just a, hey, what if we say this aloud? Um, what's the public going to do? Or what's the sen- general sentiment? They're just, you know, just important people like Trump. <laughs> saying things out loud to see how the public reacts. So the public reacted. Uh, in particular, the original statement was, we, we want them, this is the, the Fed in particular, U.S. Senate uh, Banking Chair says, we want them to do what they need to do at the same time, maybe banning it, although banning it is very difficult because it would go offshore, and who knows how it would work then. That is the problem. This mm-hmm. is the problem that China faced mm-hmm. when China decided to ban all cryptos. Where, where did all the crypto mining go? It went to Vietnam. Yep. So did they actually get rid of it? Well, they got rid of the machines, but they didn't get rid of any of the fact that crypto still exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's the easiest uh, turn it on a VPN. Uh, well, I, sometimes, yes. Um, they argued cryptocurrencies are dangerous and a threat to national security, citing the North Korean criminal activity, drug trafficking, human trafficking, and financial terrorism are some of the issues exacerbated by cryptocurrencies. Now, the argument I would have against that statement is we stop fraud in fiat. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We've 
you know, uh, I'm not saying fraud. It, the point is fraud will never stop as long as people do it, right? But uh, since all the fraud has obviously been stopped in fiat, that's the reason that, you know, it's all moved to crypto. No, no. Fraud is constant in, in fiat. It's just it's, normal. It's, it's always <laughs> been a thing. I'm reading this book, and even in ancient times, um, back on, on um, in a civilization with uh, islanders, you know, um, uh, modern men that would come in ships to bring uh, they'll bring these seashells over to the island because that's what the islanders used for uh, for currency. And so that's technically what they did, ended up doing was collapsing their their civilization by uh, overinflating their their seashells, which became no no longer valuable, right? And of course, a lot of that stuff was used for you know illegal illegal things um, on the island, but. Uh, that's just one little thing. It's it, it's it's always been a thing, even in ancient times. It's always going to be a yeah. thing, even from here on uh, to the future. You know, maybe maybe CBDCs will 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 resolve that thing. I don't know. We'll I see. Doubt it. I mean, as long as there's corruption going on in the government, this, uh, the government's going to figure out some backdoor way to do what they want to do. Of course, so, there's always a black yeah, book somewhere. Exactly. There's always a gray market. There's always a black market. There's always this stuff. And as much as we may appreciate it, somebody's obviously appreciating it. If if people stopped using black and gray markets altogether, and there just wasn't one, because people realized that was either illegitimate to their neighbor, neighbor or just unfair to themselves, yeah, it would stop. But people have to realize that first. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I mean, it's not because I don't want it to happen. It's just not probably going to happen. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is what this uh, other senator said was, uh, Tom Emmer says, um, that FTX's fall wasn't really a, a failure of crypto. It was a failure of centralized actors. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've seen that. That was what happened in um, Celsius. Then it was what happened with Terra. Then it has happened with FTX. It's not really a failure of the crypto itself. Like I said, the, um, if a person... It was a long time ago, a social, uh, social experiment. No, social example was um, if a person uses a power drill to kill another human being, do we sue the power company? Do we sue the maker of the power drill? No. We prosecute the person who did the crime. It's not the tools the person used to do it. It's not the fault of the tools. It's the fault of the actors. Same thing here. Oh. So there's one more article we've got regarding... Uh, the Fed. Yeah. That is. What is it? it is... Federal Reserve pursuit of a reverse wealth effect is undermining crypto. Also from uh, Coin Telegraph. Well, it's not just. It's just not crypto alone. It's actually the whole. Uh, the whole global economy, man. Uh, yeah. This. 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 E even though the Federal Reserve is just within the states. The biggest issue is that they do kind of touch all around the world. What happens here does affect the rest of the world because we have a global we have global commerce. We do global trading. So if we have inflation here um, or we raise our interest rates, right? Nobody's going to be taking out loans. Businesses will not be will not be created. We will not we will be limiting the 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 import supply, especially if we have uh, overseas overseas taxes, right? That's 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 a big concern with with what's going on here. Um, you want you want to read our little uh, notes here that we got? Jake? Yeah, uh, the Federal Reserve's strategy to raise raise rather hike 
interest rates may continue making it difficult for the crypto industry to bounce back. But the thing is, back in the 1980s, Vockler, the chair of the Fed at the time, um, raised rates to 20%. I remember this. My parents bought a house in the early 80s. It was not good. I mean, I it, we laugh at percentages above 10% when it comes to mar uh, mortgages, but it would not be surprising to me to see that if, if inflation doesn't get curtailed the next, in 2023, I would not be surprised if if uh, interest rates crested 10%. I wouldn't be. It sounds insane, but it's happened before. It just happened 40 years ago. Um, anyways, he managed to, in, in the 1980s, knock down the CPI, the customer, uh, consumer price index, from 15 to 2.5% by raising interest rates ridiculously high. Um, but the thing that seems to be going on here is this is, it seems, at least this is what the article is implying, that uh, this is an attempt to crush crypto to really make it difficult for people to buy into or, or it's like, like you and i john don't really um, buy crypto on credit right exactly we don't take out exactly. loans so to this, get is, crypto. this is more for the, the 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 big uh uh um uh, millionaire billionaire investors the guys that took out billion dollar loans with zero percent interest uh, that was the thing mm -hmm. for a couple of years that was great there was yeah. a lot of money coming into crypto we're at all-time highs of course, it was to be expected because zero percent. Why not? It's like if you're sitting on the money near zero, but yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What's what's happening when you're sitting on money that's a near zero? You're losing out on making money if you're just sitting on that kind of money. So when the government's giving you this yep. money, especially when it's part of the stimulus and you're making you're you're you're, you're giving millions and millions of dollars, do something with it. A lot of people came into the crypto market, uh, pumping that up, and of course, eventually it was going to stop. Where it was going to dry up. Because of course the Federal Reserve is to be, to expect to uh, to raise rates, and that's exactly what happened. And guess what? Uh, no one's taking out any more loans. There's no more money. No more money coming into. Well, it's the not that no one's so. doing it. It's just much more uncommon now. So, the the final point here is that uh, Mike McGloney says this. You know, he's the senior com com commodity strategist for Bloomberg. That the Fed's slam ha sledgehammer will be pressuring crypto this year. And in fact, he was at least commenting. He thinks it's it's going to. Um, lead to another 2008 financial crisis. And it's like, I, I'm not sure that's going to happen unless interest rates continue to go up and, and stay up for a long time. Like if interest okay. rates reach 10% okay. and stay there for like until 2025, yeah, crypto is going to get hit pretty hard by people who are borrowing to buy crypto. Yeah. But for miners, the only problem, of course, right now is is that the cost of electricity is greater than, the, than what you make from mining. I mean, there's almost nothing, almost no machine will make you a profit right now. I think I read in here, where is it at? There it is. Um, in all probability, the Federal Reserve will continue with its interest rate hikes in accordance with the market data feedback. Bank of America wrote, the Feds will stress data dependence. They they will get two more NFPs and CPI prints before December meeting if they stay hot. Another 75 basis points in the cards, if not a declaration of 50 basis points is possible. And that's literally, we're in the month of December. So this is happening now. That's that's a lot of stress put onto the market in such a short period of time. Um, and then on top of that, like you said, Jake, if this goes on for an extended period of time, that's where a lot of th a lot of these uh, uh, institutions and, and companies that have been uh, propped up by monopoly money, th their money will start to to to, to vaporize, and of course mm -hmm. a lot of these a lot of these institutions will go belly up. And of course, if you have institutions going belly up, especially something like like uh, uh, like an FTX tier, where they have hundreds and hundreds of businesses, which means thousands and thousands of employees, which means an economy. With throughout the nations, throughout the globe, uh, 
are going to lose out on a lot of money. That's the problem right there. You know, if this continues on for a long period of time, that is the fear that a lot of people are having that the Fed keeps us up. Um, if it's a short period of time, we'll, we'll, t we'll take the stress. It won't be that bad. But the long period of time, if it goes for six months, longer than six months, you know, next year, the middle of next year, that's where we're going to see, you know, where this whole thing that you're talking about, the 2008 crash, happen again because we're we're kind of buckling there. It's getting there. But if we can get out of this within the next three or four, three months, uh, from what I heard earlier on, on, on Twitter space, if we can get out of it in the next three months, then it, it's not going to be that bad. It's going to hurt, but it's not going to be that bad. We'll, 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 we'll come out of that. But the longer it goes, the more difficult it is to come out of that. And what's going to happen, you're going to see a lot of companies fall in Chapter 11 and Chapter 15. That's all I got. Oh. I guess that's all there is. Uh, I'd like to at least comment before the end here that uh, if anyone appreciates the content that we're producing on a regular basis, and we do every Wednesday and Sunday, um, you give us a thumbs up at a bare minimum. That would be amazing because that, that helps us with the YouTube uh, algorithm subs. and any other way of Follow showing your appreciation, Odyssey. we would appreciate. So, uh, we have here on the coin tree lots of ways to donate, and as well, you can find us a whole bunch of different social media methods and other ways to watch and participate, particularly our Discord channel where Make you can earn Christmas C3 Media tokens. Time. Just imagine all the C3 Media tokens you could have if you just come and hang out with us in Discord. We appreciate everybody uh, watching and we appreciate everybody participating. With that, at the end of the show, like we always say, Zach Sats and, and Hoddle. Adios. Adios.